I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined. As always, by my co-host, writeramaps.com, riding that above 500 feeling. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? The Mavericks have a winning record. What? What is life? For the first is time this? since 2016, when apparently the world was going to end in December. Nick, what were you doing in 2016? Man, I think I was still going to DBU. I was, uh, I was credentialed for the Mavericks for the first time. That was the first season. The Mavericks were terrible. Um, were the were their cell phones, or was it just <laughs> was it flip phones? I was writing for Mavs Fanatic. They're not even Mavs Fanatic anymore. It's not even a oh, thing. Oh snap! I forgot about that. Yep. We got to look back because it was a long time ago since the Mavericks had a winning record. But they do right now, this very moment, as you're listening to this, the Mavericks have, unless you're listening to this after Wednesday, which I don't know. Stop it. Anything could happen on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, but the Mavericks beat the Chicago Bulls tonight, 115 to 109. There's a whole bunch to unpack in this game. So we're going to go all through it. Uh, we're going to break down all the different things. Luca had another good game. Wes Matthews had an interesting but productive game. Uh, DeAndre Jordan had a monster of a game tonight. So we'll break down all that. We're going to talk all about that. and uh, But we wanted to let you guys know tomorrow we are going to do a game pod that we used to do last year. We're going to do play different kinds of games, name game. Uh, bringing it back. Bringing Some it people back. requested this a while back out of nowhere and said, hey, you should bring back game pod Fridays. And we're not going to do it on Friday. We're going to do it tomorrow on yeah. Tuesday. We'll do it random days because right now there's a ton of games. There's just too many games to try to fit it in some other day. And so we're going to do a game pod tomorrow, play like quote that tweet. Uh, we'll play uh, <laughs> play play trade and wave. We'll, have to, we'll pick three players and try to play trade and wave them. Um, like Name uh, game. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Either the, the would you rather kind of stuff. And we're going to go live. We're going to go live with this. We're not sure exactly what time we're going to be able to go live with it tomorrow, but sometime on uh, Tuesday night we'll go live so you guys can join us on my YouTube, Twitch, as well as Periscope. And so you can uh, join us. It's all at Nick Van Exit. And so you can join us there. Join in on the fun. Play the games with us. We'll, uh, we're excited to, to try that for the first time. So there you go. I just wanted to mention that up front. All right, Isaac, what's your first takeaway from this Mavericks victory? Something that stuck out to you. Man, uh, DeAndre Jordan's the MVP after three games. I My first weekly column for the Mavericks on the Mavericks team site, Mavs.com, uh, came out on Monday. And I, I kind of just look back at uh, the past week. And ev- every Monday, this is going to come out on uh, uh you can see it on Twitter, on the team site, whatever. And I handed out a player of the week, and it, and I gave it to DeAndre Jordan last week, and it's continuing right now. Like, this man, like, as far as the most consistent, I mean, you could go with Luka Doncic or whatever, but DeAndre Jordan tonight, I mean, 18 points, 16 rebounds, another block, two for two from the line. He's shooting 90% from the free throw line. Let's go. All right. 
The Bavada over under set before the season on DeAndre Jordan's free throw percentage was 51.5%. Nick and I set our own one and said we think he's we both think he's gonna be shooting over 60%, I'm pretty sure. So Right now he's shooting ninety percent. That'll obviously probably go down. No, but st- come on, Isaac. Where's your optimism? <laughs> but still, that is bring um, fiery Isaac back. That's super. That's super encouraging. But uh, it was funny if you listened to the pod uh, before the game or uh, yesterday's pod. We we joked. I said, "Hey, what's it? Uh, let's set the over under for DeAndre Jordan rebounds against the Bulls." It was like sixteen, <laughs> and uh, Nick took the under. I took the over. <laughs> And he had 16 rebounds. 16, exactly. Um, but, man, he, he just brings a whole different aspect to this team. I mean, it really, it's what we, you know, everyone's was expecting three years ago. And All right. Let's do a game pod. Let's do a game pod early. Okay, ready? This is a teaser for the game pod. Oh, Isaac yeah. Harris, do you know the last four Mavericks to record 16 or more rebounds in a game? Gosh. Um... <laughs> Roy Tarpley, Tyson Chandler, Sh- Sean Bradley. None of those three. There, oh, there, are, there are four that did it more recently. Oh crap! Um, gosh, I don't know. They all, they Do- all only did it once, or three of them only did it once, and then one of them did it more than once. The last, think about like the last four centers for the Mavericks. Andrew Bogut. Bogut is one of those, but there is two more recently than that. One of them's your boy. Nerlens. Nerlens had a game where he had 17 rebounds. For the Mavs? For the Mavericks. It was his first season. It was uh it was like in March. Um the other one is Salah Mejri, and then the last one is Zaza Pachulia. Those are the four <laughs> Salah had seventeen rebounds in one Salah, game. For the Salah Mavericks. had one of those games where he just went off. It's probably against OKC. He had seventeen boards. Uh so those are the last four Mavericks to, to record sixteen rebounds or more. Then after that That's you wild. have to go back to like Tyson Chandler in two thousand fourteen. So like you said, bring in something that no other player has brought at least in the last five years. Yeah, I mean that's in beyond the like court like his his energy, his um his leadership on the court, the you know the gift that's been going around of him and Dennis, you know the after the so the cute. Wolves game, you know that <laughs> so adorable. Um, but no, it's just he just adds a whole different dynamic to the team. And yeah, I mean, so far three games in, he's the MVP of the team, and I I don't think it's close at this point. Um, but man, I mean, if you want to lump the um, the bench unit together. Of saying like a JJ Powell, even JJ had a lower game tonight, but uh, Dwight Powell's been playing really well also. But DeAndre Jordan, yeah, first thing that sticks out is just to continue play uh, DeAndre and just the hot start that he's got off to. But that's my first thing. I mean, besides Zach Levine, but and in, in DeAndre Jordan, like he that first quarter and throughout the game, he bodied Wendell Carter Jr. He just could not stay with him. Just couldn't stick with him. Um, Wendell Carter you tell Jr. W- Wendell's going to take a little time. Yeah, he's going to have some moments for sure. But anybody that's bigger than him, and he's not the biggest. He's probably what six ten. He's probably six nine without shoes. Uh, I have to look up his real numbers, but um, he's just not. When he goes up against a, a you know a a physical defender like DeAndre Jordan, that's a legit seven footer that you know has the bulk. That's already you know been in the league for a long time. He's just going to struggle a lot. And tonight he. Uh, he had four points, nine. He got nine boards and four assists, but uh, he just couldn't get anything going. And uh, he's not really a go-to scorer either. But, uh, but yeah, he's gonna he's gonna really struggle with that. You mentioned Zach Levine. Good lord, that guy! 
I was gonna make a list like of three. I mean, we're three games in, and it's Booker, Derrick Rose, and Zach Levine. Yeah. You know, is it Trey Young on Wednesday? I mean, who's um, who's the next guy to put up you know a crazy amount of points? It's got to be uh, Trey Young because I don't think anyone else on the <laughs> on the Hawks is capable of don't scoring. Don't you 30 disrespect points. Kevin Herter or John Collins? Or Vince yeah. freaking Carter. <laughs> what if what if Vince Carter scores thirty on Wednesday? Shout out to Vince and shout out to Melvin Hunt, two of the best dudes. <laughs> you Come boys. Here. Zach Levine had thirty four points tonight. He uh, shot eleven of fifteen from the field. That's seventy three percent, Isaac. <laughs> that's Yikes. that's smoking. Five of seven from three. That's seventy one percent, Isaac. And I, I want to say this: not all of his threes were like open threes like those were like well defended plays like he just shot right in their face it's kind of like Devin Booker a little bit in the fourth quarter and in that Suns game on the opener but I mean he was just unconscious like the first quarter it's like who's this guy I mean this is a if I mean he continues down this route I mean he's he's the early early I mean we're three games in early favorite of uh, most improved player award I know I had him second when we did our award picks I had Zach Levine second as my most improved and uh, I still have, I still have faith in Ingram, of course. Even though he's a he's a sucker puncher. He's a punk. No, he's not. He's def- as a sucker punch. He's defending like his teammate. Anyway, get out of here. He went in to defend his teammate and made a bad choice. <laughs> not a punk. Just because he did he- more than James Harden. <laughs> well, James Harden's a punk for other reasons. <laughs> um. So Zach Levine went off. Jabari Parker had a good first half, and then the second half he just. Did not didn't he didn't have a good he went one of three in the second half didn't really get any any more shots and uh he, but he looked really good in the first half he was seven of eleven sixteen points most of them against Maxi Kleba who is a five a lot of you that were tweeting us and and messaging us hey what about Maxi playing with the starters and playing a three or something like that this is what would happen <laughs> this is what please would, this is what would happen he would uh, just get everybody would just drive around and Maxi's a five. Didn't he play the two in the draft gaff lineup? <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. I actually found that video on my computer today. I was going through a whole bunch of old videos, and uh, the draft gaff was like this lineup. It was – was it last year? Gosh, I don't know. Yeah, it was the beginning the of – last two or three years have uh, went together. It was the beginning of last year. It was Sala, Jeff Whitby, Dwight Powell, Maxi, and Yogi. Classic lineup. That was a lineup that was played in the second quarter of a game. <laughs> but, yeah – they in that second unit for the Bulls, you know, Jabari comes in, which hey, I still have a small flag on his island, I know. But Jabari comes in and they put in they have Maxi on him because Jabari <laughs> plays a small ball four. And I mean, dude just torches Maxi. I mean, he scored eight straight points yeah. and had fourteen points in the you know, in the second quarter. And I'm like one, if y'all could see the text that Nick and I have throughout the game, it's quite funny. Um, but anyway, I was like, can can we get someone else besides Maxi on on Jabari? Like something along those lines, because he was just torching him. And then uh, Rick takes Maxi out, and he doesn't switch to you know, switch up defensive assignments. He just takes Maxi straight out and puts Ryan Brokoff in. Uh, and says Brokoff, hey, go and uh, log your two minutes for this game, and then I'll take you out, and you'll never see the court again. <laughs> Can we talk about how Ryan Brokoff doesn't get to play after after his one stretch? He literally <laughs> did, he literally didn't play in the second half. No, he gets his couple minutes and then he's out. He played two and, minutes and thirty three seconds tonight. He took one shot. And, and really, he should like 
There's just, they just they probably just don't have a comfortability factor with him right now because he should be getting minutes. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith played 39 minutes tonight. Like it's like they they have to keep, you know, they only went um, nine deep tonight, so that means they have to keep they had to keep uh, Luca or Dorian in or Wes at, at all times to play that other wing spot in the second unit. So. And this happened with Dorian his first year too, not last year, but the year before. He played he played very sparingly. He played five minutes here, seven minutes there, two minutes there for the first five games of the season. And then Dirk went down with the injury. Dirk was held out, and they needed somebody to fill in. And he ended up, you know, playing thirty minutes against the, you know, against the Bucks and Giannis. And he had this really awesome play against him. And then he started the next thirty six games. So it, you know, it happens with guy all these guys like this that come in and, you know, are undrafted and. This is uh, Maxi's first couple games. He didn't play, didn't play, 12 minutes, 6 minutes, didn't play, 11 minutes, didn't play, 2 minutes. <laughs> you know, some of these undrafted guys, they have to build up a rapport with Carlisle first. And I, and I don't want to take nothing away from Maxi because, you know, at the beginning, the early impression was, oh, man, he's getting smoked by Jabari. But by the end of the game, I think the story was Maxi and Dwight. Like, yeah. those two together as this combo – I mean, you could tell that they are they are jiving and have this chemistry uh, between the two, and they had just a you know, backdoor cut or whatever it is. Um, Maxi hitting threes and Dwight not hitting threes, and just took, them, Dwight took two uncontested, like not uncontested, very highly contested threes tonight with two guys in his face. Just <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Uh, Other than those two shots, honestly, he had an excellent game, like almost a perfect game. Are we sure? Do are you in agreement with me that that is what he yelled at Berea? Oh man, um, I don't know if it was directed at Berea. Okay, if you go back and look, I'm not going to say exactly what it was. If you go back and look at the play in which he gets fouled, I think it might have been an and one, and he he does the mean mug. And he's like mugging back, and he's and you know whatever. It looks like he says something along the lines something, of that, something that isn't that isn't exactly this, but forking past me the ball is what. Yes, and uh, what it looks like I'm wondering says. who that was at. Um, there's only so many. There's only four other guys on the court that could pass him the ball, um, but it, it just it you looks very clearly in the uh, reading lips uh, category that uh, that is what he says, and that's very interesting to me. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Maxi and and Dwight, their games complement each other so well. They uh, they both you know can just do a lot of different th- a lot of different things the other one can't. You know, and with Maxi, both of them had twelve points tonight. I mean, that's you get two guys come on for twenty four points, and I don't even see their rebounds tonight. Uh, five, five and, and four. four. So yeah, yeah. So nine boards between the two, and I mean, you really just can't <laughs> ask for more of that. Uh, you you wonder how it's going to fit in when Dirk comes back. You know who who takes a step back, you know for for Dirk, but it, it, tonight that doesn't look like it's going to happen. We also heard a report earlier today that, that they're not going to reassess that until the end of this month. So we're we're not going to hear anything more about Dirk until then. And Harrison Barnes will be out on Wednesday against the Hawks. It, Devin Harris also. Uh, Stop it, Nick. Don't go there. It's I'm gonna go. It's this Harrison Barnes injury is starting to see, feel a lot like the Seth Curry injury. From no, last it's year. not. It's it, not the same. He Get thought he was gonna be ready for the the beginning of the season, and then all of a sudden he gets reevaluated, and then reevaluated, and back to the Bulls game. Back to the Bulls game, which was good and exciting, <laughs> and not full of despair and injuries. 
What about uh, Luca? It, it was almost full of injuries. Speaking of Luca, he got stepped on by Wendell Carter. He slipped on the floor several times and fell a down. A bunch he, of people slipped on the floor. Yeah, Dorian was slipping on the floor. We need to talk to our ball boy guys. I said with this in the press box. Let's get new towels. <laughs> Listen, guys, we need something. Something's going on right here because uh, Luca just fell, and we're all looking for somebody to blame. Yeah, that that is a that is a multi million dollar injury <laughs> investment if that, if that happens with ticket sales and all that stuff and. TV eyes and everything. Uh, Luka Doncic, man, he he just can do it all, you know. And then when the offense runs through him, it's just different. He makes a lot of different yeah. things happen. And his size, you know, we talk about this a lot with guys like Ben Simmons or even going all the way back to like Magic Johnson and LeBron. Their, their size and the way that they can make plays changes a lot of things because they can go over the top of smaller guards. They can go around bigger bigger defenders. They can. They can see over the top of of players and make passes like that. He had a pass to Wes Matthews on the corner. Oh, my gosh. It's like a skip pass out of bounds with one hand, and he just threw it to Wes Matthews on the corner, who who then uh, slung it to uh, – slung it? Slanged it. Slanged it? <laughs> slanged it to Dennis Smith Jr. And, Slanging. Uh, and he hit his one three that he made. Dennis slanging. He hit his one three that he made tonight. Um, but yeah. We forget about that Dennis Smith Jr. tweet, by the way. Well, that's because we, we, we did the whole thing where we did the slang gang and you know we put the trees next to our name, but then we stopped doing that because of the you know the investigation and I, we just decided that it just wasn't appropriate and it's not something that we should really celebrate or talk about because of you know it's not anyway. with anyway with no I was just saying the tweet because I I heard somebody mention it on a like an NBA show the other day that was like man that's a classic uh, old tweet of Dennis's that people don't uh, bring up now that was like a whole topic of his rookie season yeah. but anyway uh, Luca I thought he played m- way more smarter with the ball tonight and it just he looked more composed he only had three turnovers um, I'm pretty sure all in the past two games maybe even going through the preseason he's had at least four turnovers a game it felt like he had six the other night um three turnovers tonight six assists I think you know I think one of the first plays of the game is when uh, DeAndre cut to the basket and he, he like kind of lofted the ball over the defender it might have been the Mavericks very first points of the game and DeAndre caught it over a guy right in the paint and just went up for an easy dunk and it just the six assists tonight. He shot fifty percent from the field, thirty seven percent from three. A couple of those threes were wide open, and it felt like they went in and out. Like there's two yeah. of those threes. I mean, they looked like they're in, um, but you know, still a couple of them that were step backs, kind of contested stuff like that. You know, Rick's um, <laughs> however he feels about that. But step back uh, shots are tough, Isaac. I just thought tonight was his. You know was more vet like just vet looking Luka Doncic like just all the way around he had that trailing three to where he held it uh he was feeling it then that was good (laughs) Um, but no great great game for Luka Doncic and I mean you can't really you can't praise the dude enough I mean he's three games into the NBA and this is what he's doing (laughs) he had a fast break layup in the first quarter where he he threw it off he, he uh threw it off the backboard for a layup and Wendell Carter like hit it off the backboard and it went in. I mean, he's just a he wizard. He shouldn't even he's shot a, the ball. He's a wizard. I wonder what Rick said to him in that timeout because like I'm there were like 16 seconds left in the game. They should have just held the ball. Well, that and, was that was a different one, but Oh, okay. I but, I was talking about the very last layup to where, you know, Wendell blocked it and it banked in. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm thinking about very, very he had awesome. a, he had another fast break layup that was good in the first quarter. But yeah, yeah, the one where Wendell hit it was at the end. 
And I was just surprised he he shot it, and then it went Patting in. It's like yeah, you know, yeah. People were kind of laughing about it, but no, that's um, yeah. Luca Luca looks great right now, and you can't take that away from him. He does, and the the offense just looks different when he's and he's in, you know in command and uh, and running the show. Um, let's take a West break, Matthews. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about when the offense wasn't firing on all cylinders. Oh crap. All right, Isaac. Are we ready? We're ready for Fiery Isaac? <laughs> fiery Isaac. People, I'm not people going... love Fiery Isaac. The Raccoon Squad loves Fiery Isaac. Listen, he hit four threes tonight, all right? Um, <laughs> it was the he, leading he, scorer on the Mavericks. He attempted 11. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, it started off good and to where it felt like the only thing he was shooting was. He's uh, talking these, about West, by the way. Of course, uh, where the set shot threes, like that's the thing. Like, hey, go, you know, shoot those shots, and he started off hitting a few, and like, all right, let's go. Like, this is what this is what the Mavericks offense is. <laughs> like the rim rolling DeAndre, Luca and Dennis penetrating the lane, West on the outside, you know, knocking down an open three when their defenders collapse. Like that's what it should be looking like right now, and that's what it kind of started off, kind of, kind of. And then the third and- quarter. <laughs> And it's kind of like what we talked about. I don't. I don't know if we talk. We talk. Nick and I talk all the time. So I can't remember if it's on the pod or not. But we were talking about like when something happens, and it's like when the okay. I'm, it's like when the Cowboys beat the Jaguars, and all the Cowboys fans were saying, "Oh my gosh, let's go, Dak. Dak's the top QB. We're so good. We're going to the playoffs. We beat the number one defense in the league. The number one defense. We beat them." We're going to the playoffs. And I'm like, wait, I think this could be the worst thing to happen to you because now it feels like Jason Garrett might have some job security. Now you actually believe in Dak and I don't, I'm not a huge Dak guy. And so like it almost, I felt like it was like kind of a, what would I say? Subtraction by addition or addition by subtraction. (laughs) However you it's, want a to fa- say, it's, it's a like false, they, it's a false positive. It's like they won, and uh, so like we were joking about Wes of like he goes out and like hits a couple threes, and then it's like oh let's go, like are you happy he made them? But now he's really feeling himself, and yeah, there was that one play in the second half to where he got the ball, and then he took off down the court, went behind the back, dribbling, and he shot like a twenty eight footer and bricked, and I'm like. Just know, and a lot of y'all understood it on Twitter. When I tweet out the dot, 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 that's, yeah, you know what that's about right then. And it's funny because people were saying, oh, I know what it's about. But <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting for Wes Matthews. He does have great moments, though. He has he's really good yeah. moments. He's been making more play. He's been more of a playmaker this year than we've seen him in the past where he's, He's either driving and he's making a right read where he drives and he knows what he's going to do. Do we want him to drive? No, no, no. But I'm saying if he's going to, we want it, we want it to be positive plays and we want to, to highlight the positive ones. If he's going well. to drive, we want you to pass. I mean, we're not going to stop him from driving. What are we going to do on this podcast that's going to stop him? So we might as well Actually, analyze all of it. Mavs Moneyball um, co-writer or whatever you want, co-worker. <laughs> colleague? Uh, <laughs> colleague, there you go. Josh Bowe tweeted something and i and i actually it may this is how i feel about it um he tweeted something along the lines of west the west post-ups yeah and how we've talked about how like 
you know, we've talked about on pod how like um, how efficient they are and how the synergy, you know, improved that he was a great post-up player last year. But but Josh tweeted out, you know, West post-up seemed like less ideal when Luca and Dennis are on the floor. Yes. And like that's how I feel about it. Like I know it's efficient play. I know the numbers support that. I know he's good at that. But it just it feels like that should be a play that you go to when one of those guys are resting. Yes. Or they're off the court or he's in the second unit. It just feels weird when he's when a play is ran for him to post up and we have Luca and Dennis on the wing and it's like, oh crap. Like I don't know. It just it just feels weird. So that's he personified that how I feel. And we we've, we've been saying that, you know, his his post-ups have been good, you know. I, he's not an incredible post player, but he's a good post player. When he gets the ball in the paint, he usually scores. But that's not the best use of the Mavericks offense. There's a lot more other things. Honestly, if the Mavericks just ran pick and roll with DeAndre every single play, they would probably score 137 points every single game. Luke and DeAndre <laughs> every uh, single time. Just run it run it to death. Put put Wes out on the wing. It seems and- like they score every time. Uh, super shout out to Dorian Finney-Smith though. He, um, I thought he played a great game. I thought he, I thought he's played a, a great first three games. Uh, he played 39 minutes tonight and I thought he played good defense. Um, he hit two out of five, th- uh, you know, from behind the arc. He's hit two um, threes in all three of the first games. Yeah. I mean, I just, for his role, I mean, I just, I, I think he is, all we've wanted from Dorian Finney-Smith is to be a knockdown outside shooter play defense and become this like uh relied upon role player like i'm i don't i never expect finney smith to be an all-star i never expect him to be a top three player on a playoff team we need him to be a bruce bowen type of role player like of just to be able to fit in with those guys and be reliable enough to go defend some guys, be a versatile defender to knock down that open three and stuff. And this is like he, we talked about in the preseason, he has to prove that now. Like there, the yes. time is, has ran out for Vince Smith. The time is now and he's living up to that expectation right now. And that, that's, that's really great to see from a Mavericks standpoint, a fan standpoint and everything. It, it's, it's awesome. And if you look at the career arc of Dorian Finney-Smith and Wes Matthews, they're very similar in that they're undrafted players. They come in, they have these skills that are would definitely translate to the NBA. They have to come in and prove themselves. Wes comes in with Utah and proves himself. Then he goes to Portland and you know and it becomes this role player and he's there and he's with two you know two like or he's with one at least established superstar established star and then Damian Lillard comes along that's a, you know establishes himself. He's with those two guys. They're playing, and he comes to Dallas, and now he's with Harrison Barnes, and he's uh, he's trying to you know be something that he's not trying to you know he he has proven himself already, and so now he's trying to be more than he ha- more than he should be because the team doesn't have it. They don't they don't have these you know Damian Lillard and they don't have the uh, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge type players, and so with Dorian Finney Smith, he's still at the beginning of that career arc where he's still you know staying within himself and doing the things that you know, make him, you know, a solid role player and do all the little things. And he played almost 40 minutes tonight. He, he yeah. was just out there. <laughs> and they just don't have wing depth. I yeah. mean, it's just, like they you're just gonna don't play have. Brokoff two minutes and 30 seconds. Exactly. That's your only other option. In the second quarter, like we, like you always do. Uh, two plays I want to just bring out. One was a misplay and two, uh, the second one was an actual play. The Dennis alley I mean, the Luca alley to Dennis. That, 
that Zach Levine ruined. Ugh. That that could have just brought down all of AAC. Like that could have just brought the whole building down. You knew he. You knew Luca was going to pass it. And, yes. I mean, we so all knew it. Zach. <laughs> so does Zach Levine. Uh, but uh, I thought he did a pretty decent job of selling it off. But then uh, that would just been so nasty. But uh, the other one that you know is making its rounds on Twitter right now is the is. Luca driving in, stopping and fake passing around uh, <laughs> Justin Holiday. That was super fun, and I mean, he didn't like. It wasn't completely embarrassing. Like he didn't twist all around, or he didn't like fall down, or something no, like no, that. But it was crafty. Uh, but yeah, but him and Robin Lopez both looked for a split second. He got you know, and but that's all the yeah. time he needs. That's all that, the time he needs. He so he grabs the ball. He you know he drives to the left block. And then he puts the ball on Justin Holiday's back to try to ball fake it and touches the ball on on his back. He and Justin Holiday just looks just slightly to his left and Luca is able to go around and Robin Lopez you know he pulls Robin Lopez in because he thinks he's going to go up for layup and then he passes it over DeAndre he gets a little hook shot. And uh I reached out to to coach Nick on B-ball breakdown uh-huh. and uh I asked I said is this a travel? Because it kind of looks like he travels on that play because he he stops he has a pivot foot and then he takes he takes like a little hop and in the air he passes it to DeAndre Jordan which he oh come on he, James Harden can run a he, marathon he and... only passes in the air by the way <laughs> um, and Coach <laughs> that's Nick said, true he passes in the air a lot <laughs> Coach Nick said it's only a travel if you think he shuffled his right foot when he stepped through which he did like a little bit. He kind of lifted his foot, but it's not it's more of an adjustment instead of like he was consciously lifting that foot to go somewhere. So, mm-hmm. not necessarily a travel. Okay. Good. Anyway. It wasn't called anyway. No, it wasn't called, but I just like to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right, let's take a break when we come back. Uh, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. <laughs> JJ Barea went 1 of 7 from 3. That's it. <laughs> let's talk about that. And something else when we come back. All right, Isaac. Let's get into it. Desmond Jr. had a bad game. He did. And uh, somebody tweeted at me uh, tonight and said, hey, you said on the, pod, on the pod a few days ago that don't worry about Dennis. Uh, he probably just had his worst game of the season in Phoenix. He said, "You lied because um, <laughs> this this is your worst game." And uh, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and try to rank uh, which game is uh, worse than the other. But uh, yeah, shooting it was, two of eleven and one from the field, one of five from three, three assists, four turnovers, and uh, minus one. And a you know, he was the the only other player that was uh, a negative and a plus minus. It's hard to pull off when you're negative and a plus minus. You play over 30 minutes and you win by six points. Ryan Brokoff was the other, other player that was negative. He played two minutes and he was and minus. He played two minutes. Yeah, he was minus six. Um, but no, I mean, I I don't want to dive like, I mean, this is a whole big rabbit hole. This and, is three games and in. And it's not a whole indictment on his entire career. This is not, you know, we don't think that this is going to be, you know, the new norm for Dennis with Jr., but he hasn't had a good game yet. And uh, and we're waiting to see when that's going to happen. Or he hasn't had a great game yet. He had a fine, what you, he had a fine game against Minnesota. What, this is With the end this was is great. One, this was one of my main takeaway from Dennis's bad game. Like this uh, was more about the team and not Dennis. What do you take? In, and I know it's the Bulls. I know it's the Bulls. <laughs> but do you take anything out of that they won by? Like they won. A, they scored 115 points. Won by six points. And they didn't have Harrison Barnes, and Dennis played this poorly. 
It makes me you excited. Take anything it, from that? Yeah, it makes me excited about the other players that the Mavericks have. That they've they've finally acquired players that can help them win, <laughs> other than you know their top couple players. Before it was you know Harrison Barnes and you had like Darren Williams and <laughs> kind of like who's going to help us win a win a basketball game. And uh, and now you've developed Dwight Powell. You've you've brought in and developed Maxi Kleba. You've brought in and developed Dorian Finney-Smith. You have Jalen Brunson making some shots. Um, you have uh, you bring in DeAndre Jordan. You like you have these guys now that can help you win a game that's not you know the focal point players. You have other guys that you can rely on and, and run the offense through. And, and yeah, that's, I mean, and that's that's important. Uh, go ahead. Well, no, I was just gonna say those uh, like Finney-Smith. Maxi, Dwight Powell, and Jalen Brunson combined for forty-two points. I mean, that's that's off the big. bench. I mean, yeah. like three of those guys off the bench. Finney Smith started, but like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Mavericks had six players tonight in in double-figure scoring, and Dennis was not one of them. He had seven points, and that that it is encouraging to look and say like, if you would have said last year, like you need Dennis Smith Jr. to be in that role. Yeah. Now. Do I think the Mavericks can hit their full potential as a team with Dennis scoring around mm. ten points? No, mm. I don't. Uh, I think for them to hit that full potential, he needs you know to be uh, up there. But yeah, I mean, it's two out of three games regular season that he hasn't played very well. Is that playing alongside Luka Doncic? Is it something just um, a different role, different type of thing? Don't know. We don't know, don't know what it is. I mean, Chris Dunn had his number last year. Chris Dunn torched him last year. Yeah. Um, he's kind of a longer defender, however you want to say about that. But and this was Chris Dunn's first game of the season too. Yeah, and, and so. he, but there were some shots he just missed. I mean, he just flat out missed some threes. He missed, and um, you know, I know I remember him driving the lane one time, and I mean, he just he tried. It was like it was like last year, like he tried one of those like left handed hooks and. Uh, Wendell Carter just blocked it right off the backboard, but no, I mean it's it's definitely something they're all looking at. He's mad. I mean, you know, he's frustrated and mad about it too. And uh, it's easier to get past with Dennis Smith Jr. games like this against the Bulls and teams like the Hawks. Um, but when you start playing teams like the Raptors and Jazz coming up, you're going to need Dennis to um, play a lot better. You are, and I'm curious to see how Dennis responds to games like this. And it's different than when he responded to games in the past. You know, one of the narratives this summer was how is Dennis Smith Jr. going to respond to being, you know, the second most exciting young player on the Mavericks team to be the second future, the secondary future instead of the, the primary future in Luka Doncic. And when Luka has games like tonight, when he plays well and he does exciting things and everybody's, you know, clamoring about Luka and they win. And Dennis Smith Jr. has a tough game. How does he respond to this? Because it's going to be harder than if Luca has a tough game. If Luca has a tough game, it's a whole different story. There's a whole different narrative around that. But if yeah. Dennis has a has, has a tough game, then, then there's this whole thing that that is going to be addressed. And tonight, he did not talk to the media. Take what you want about that. Um, but he did not come out and speak to the media. To me, that's that shows frustration. He didn't. You know, Luca also didn't talk to the media, but. And to it's, me, that it's, shows aloofness. <laughs> it's bigger with Harrison but, uh, Barnes out. Like I think when yes. Harrison's back, yeah, yeah. if if everybody's contributing like this, I think you we you can um, take a Luka Doncic down game because you do have Harrison there. If you still have the other guys contributing like they did tonight uh, to make up for a down game between Dennis Luka or Barnes, 
because when they get back in their full potential, you would hope all three of them would be your leading scores in a yeah. perfect game scenario with um, with DeAndre. Now, DeAndre scoring is interesting to me because he's scoring more than at least we thought he would. Or he's third on the team. He he's averaging 17 points per game. He had 18 tonight. He had 22 the other night, and I can't remember what he had. You know that first game, and I mean. I thought he would get around, you know, I thought he'd get 22 to 25 a handful of times, you know, five to 10 times of the season. And now, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> averaging like 17 a game. And so you, you, you wonder how a lot of this is going to change when Harrison Barnes gets back and it's at least going to be a, another game, maybe a couple more. Yeah, and the the Mavericks are using DeAndre Jordan as a security blanket, almost like a tight end, you know, in football where they uh they you know they have that that dump off that you can just throw it to him short if all of your your reads and all your routes aren't aren't doing anything for you, you dump it to the tight end underneath. And DeAndre Jordan is kind of that. And there's a couple times in the first quarter where they overthrew him or they threw a pass that where they thought he would be, and they're kind of taking that for granted. You know, they're using him. They're, t- they're taking that security blanket for granted a little bit and kind of being lazy with some passes. Um, and so you, in those kind of situations, I see where they're like, okay, we have DeAndre and we, we you know, rely on him, which is, uh, which, is an interesting because, which is interesting because the Mavericks haven't done that in forever, maybe ever, <laughs> yeah. relied on no, the center I mean, like that to be a focal point of the offense. No, I mean, absolutely. And I want to bring up another thing. Um, last week, Rick Carlisle said, that this is the new age of basketball with this Mavericks team with the high oh, scoring yeah, that was across your, the league. That was in your weekly review too. That was, yeah. I'm, I have a quote of the week every week, and I, I use that and talked about just the high scoring in the league and the emphasis on three-pointers on this Mavericks team. They attempted a, a franchise high <laughs> in history, a 50 the other night. Tonight they attempted 47. They, they attempted 23 uh, threes by halftime. <laughs> Chicago attempted eight. <laughs> uh, in the first half, Chicago attempted eight threes in the first half, while Dallas attempted 23. And then tonight, you know, uh, Dallas went 15 of 47 uh, from behind the arc. I mean, 47 threes are a ton. Do you know how many threes Chicago attempted for the entire game? Less. Don't be looking. 23. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, you look at that and say, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's. I think when Laurie uh, Marketing comes back, they'll hit. A, they'll take a couple more. 20 uh 24 more yeah probably not <laughs> uh but no i mean that that's where you're gonna see the uh the, the best teams in the league are shooting threes or at least that's how it's been the past year or two and that's the the formula dallas has drawn up this year and i mean you've seen it right there i mean 47 tonight 53s the other night it's just gonna be a thing they're gonna be chucking them every night and um mm-hmm. uh, if we can just get a game to where luca can hit his threes uh the same night that wet's hits his threes then there could be some uh crazy score nights uh, for the Mavs. i mean 115 points for the mavs tonight another game i mean this is all three games they've scored 100 points or more on the season that's it's fun i mean if you don't if you like defense and you like lockdown defense this isn't fun but if you like scoring uh which most of you probably do um this is really fun this thing like football. I, I I like I like I'm weird. Like my dad gives me heck because he likes high scoring football games. I enjoy the nitty gritty like six to three sometimes. Like that ball, like a Baltimore Pittsburgh in the snow. Nine Run the to ball six. Only. Sign me up. I love twenty five attempted passes, thirty five designed runs. I don't know. I don't like bad offense. 
I like that's really what you, good. That's what you get when you have a low scoring no. game, though. No, we're talking. I, I don't like when like quarterbacks can't a, even. How do you have a great defensive because, game? Because because there's there's going to be plays like I don't like uh, teams having six points because their quarterback sucks. Like Derek Anderson or Sam Bradford or you know you sign them up like whoever it is like they just can't hit a receiver like they're throwing over their head that or the coach is just calling stupid plays. I don't like stuff like that. I like actually like good play calling, good quarterbacks and stuff, but really good defense. Well, that never and, that doesn't happen anymore. So you must hate the sport now. That's not true. When does that happen? No, no, no. I don't hate the sport. I agree oh. with you that it doesn't happen very <laughs> doesn't much happen. anymore uh, because of all the new rule changes and all that. But um, Robin Lopez had a chance tonight. <laughs> Robin Lopez. Had I'm a chance. worried about him, man. <laughs> <laughs> he had a chance to end Mavs man tonight. <laughs> he could have taken all his frustration, taken all that pent up anger and depression and upsetness. And uh, what was he doing with his arms? Like, I don't know what he was doing with his arms. He does he does lots of weird things. But I do want to point this out. He's Uh-oh. the only real veteran on this team. The only one. You have Zach Levine. You have Jamari I'd be going Parker, crazy too. <laughs> you have Justin Holiday. You know, you have Bobby Portis, who's been around a little bit. Don't name my guy. Because I'm saving Cam- him for last. You have campaign who's been oh, on two I'm teams I'm ready for now. him. <laughs> Do you have Chandler Hutchison and Blake Neither Young? Uh, Shaq Harrison just joined the team. Like he just walked in the building and then <laughs> ended up on the roster. When you have a, when you have a team with only one veteran on the on the team, and for a lot of you people that are you know you people a lot, a lot of the you know fans out there that want to let's get rid of some of these veterans and let's bring in all young players and take flyers on all these guys. When you have one veteran player in Robin Lopez and he gets upset because of foul trouble and so he's kind of checked out of the game. He's mentally just completely checked out. The second half is what happens to these teams that have only young players. They don't have anybody to kind of corral them, bring them back together. The coach really can't do that. You have to have somebody on the floor that's relevant to try to bring the team back together to rally around something to bring the offense back into you know into into form and they just this team just doesn't have that so chicago's gonna lose a lot of these games in the second half if they're if their shots aren't falling if their offense isn't working they just don't have leaders on the floor right now that can you know then lead them and the mavericks have those things they have you know Dirk that's still on the bench. Dirk Dirk can do that on the bench because his gravitas is you know forever. And uh, Dirk, you have JJ a... Beret. You have you know even even guy like Dwight Powell has just been around for a long time, um, and is you know a good guy and a good leader. You have Wes Matthews. You have DeAndre Jordan. You have these guys on this team. Leadership, and this is a whole bigger subject that uh, I'm trying to dive into uh, on a written aspect, but leadership in the NBA is one of the most underrated things. Yeah, if you want to talk about a Moneyball thing, where if you, you know, Moneyball looked at how you can, not Mavs Moneyball, but like the money, the actual Moneyball with the Oakland A's, they looked at what's underappreciated, undervalued assets, and they looked at on-base percentage, and they're like, well, let's get all the guys that have good on-base percentage and bring them in because they're cheap. Bringing in leadership, like Isaac's about to say, is, is something that's undervalued right now. That, that should be something that teams are looking into. It's unbelievable how much this is undervalued when you see, and it's and it has these trickle down effects on the league also. True. And when you look at somebody, I heard, I, I wish I could give them credit, but I was listening to a podcast and I heard somebody talking about the Jimmy Butler situation, and somebody brought up the fact of saying, has he even had the vets though 
since he's been in the league to show him how to be that professional. Yeah, he had Dwayne that one in, year. In the, oh, stop. That does not count. LOL. He had <laughs> Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo. No, that does not count. <laughs> uh, but, like, that's what you're talking about. These young superstars. And how and, and how Noah. <laughs> and how important it is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get like preachy now, but like how important it is to surround them with people that's been there before to pour into them to to where it can help groom them to when they get more limelight they become a star. That's why like the, when we look back a decade from now and we're talking to Luka Doncic and I guarantee he's gonna say, man, those first few years with Dirk and JJ Barea and even somebody like Weston Mathers, Devin Harris, like those guys poured into me and showed me how to be. A professional and when you have teams like these young teams like why like you there's a reason why lloyd pierce and melvin hunt and them went out and said i'm gonna go get vince carter because yeah. i want vince carter to pour into my guys this young team in the hawks to where if trey young becomes a superstar he learned what a superstar what what a being a professional athlete looks like there's a reason why the sacramento Kings signed vince carter last year and they're like it's not a, a dumb thing or why some of these guys there's some there's Jason a lot of Terry. guys in the there's a lot of guys in the league that are uh, that are on this older path that probably shouldn't even like there's players that have better talent than them that are not in the league but it's the fact that they still hang around because like a mecca okafor something like that when he's like i'm not saying he's like just horrible but when you get these older guys that they're you know you can tell their talent is not there anymore it's at that same level but the leadership aspect is you just can't undersell it. You hear people mention it, but it's not a cliche thing. Like, and that's where it has the trickle down effects of if those early Chicago Bulls teams surrounded Jimmy with two, three good veteran guys, if they went out and signed older veterans like the equivalent to Vince Carter right now or Dirk Nowitzki or Devin Harris or something and brought them into Chicago to pour into a young Jimmy Butler, would this situation be playing out the way it is now? Whether you agree with it or not, whatever if he had that early motivation or he had that early example. And that's what, like, that's where you look at this situation in Dallas, and no matter how much Mavs fans get frustrated when they play Devin and JJ, I'm like, why are they playing these older guys? Or, you know, all this different stuff. The impact these guys are having off the court on this young on this young core and Luca and Dennis. And, and on the court. You know, yes. You can't even imagine it. Like it has it's gonna pay its dividends, it's going to reap its harvest way more. Like you plant the seed, but you gotta water the seed. And these guys are the the vets are watering the seed so it can sprout and grow later on in the future and you just can't you can't you can't stress that enough how important this leadership thing is i just feel like i just preached a mini sermon but well said give the benediction isaac harris (laughs) (laughs) great team win two and one uh this is awesome join us tomorrow night we're gonna do a game pod live on nick's on any platform you can go live on on nick's accounts uh Come hang out with us and uh, play long. We're excited. The Mavericks are 2-1. and one. Ride that feeling into work today. Ride that feeling in your job, whatever you're doing. Guys, we appreciate all you listening. We've had some awesome weeks as far as numbers go. And uh, and last month was very good to us. Very good to us, guys. We, I mean, seriously, you guys... Um, this pod... I know we tweeted out sometimes. And I tweeted out literally because I just... Like, when we took this podcast over... 
we took it over and there weren't a ton of listeners like as far as lo- like it, there was a foundation but it wasn't near what it is now and we took it over and i thought it was just gonna be like a fun thing like it was just gonna be a uh, like a hobby you know just uh which it is but like just this thing that we you know i didn't know it could reach to where it is now and we're still like growing all the time so yep. like it's just crazy how far we've came from last May until, you know, a year and a half, four or five hundred pods now. I don't even know how many we've done. Um, but it's really cool just to see how many people from different countries listen to this podcast now. How many people I mean, I literally feel like it's once a day somebody sends me a raccoon picture or a tweet or account or something, and it just makes my whole day because I'm like, This is cool, man. We got this community going and uh the more the Mavericks win, the more fun this is. And why did none of you tell me that there's an at raccoons on Twitter <laughs> that just tweets raccoon pictures and videos all the time? Why did none of you tell me this? It's awesome. I love it. And it's the greatest thing. Guys, it is it has really been it's it's awesome. And we do these little resets every once in a while where we're like, man, this you know, we've really grown into something that is, you know, uh that's really awesome and really great. And uh and it's you know, probably the biggest collect you know, community of Mavs fans that listen to a podcast, you know, and they, yeah. they can, uh, you know, all join in and kind of, um, yeah, let's keep bringing it on, bringing it on with the podcast and we'll be bringing the live streams and the live streams. The more listeners too. we get, yeah. The more listeners that we get, the more cool things that we can pull off. Yes. And, uh, just all, everything with that. You've already seen some of our ideas for the pod from live streams to implementing audio from games and after games, different stuff like that. Like sometimes where we talk to players and we put it in the pod, like you've like that stuff we're going to continue throughout the season. And we have some more plans, some more guests. Um, yeah, game pods, more segments that we've you know thought of and bringing back and getting fans about the voicemails was something that we wanted to implement. We got that thing going, we're going to continue to keep that. Like, we have so many cool things and we want you to be a part of that so and let's just let's let's little behind the curtain a little bit yeah we're planning to do more of those the not only but just but the mavs nation facebook page and the the pulse of the fan we want to do some kind of pulse of the fan podcast and so we're probably going to do those on fridays and bring in guests from the, the biggest like Mavs fans on Twitter and, and everywhere. So if you guys have suggestions of who you want to hear from, who do you want to hear from? Know. Which fans do you want to hear from on the podcast? There's big fan accounts all over the place. Um, I know a lot of them listen to this podcast and I know we'll be reaching out to some of you. Um, I got some in mind. You guys already. would be surprised. You guys would be surprised how many people inside the organization listen to this podcast. Just on media day, I had a gentleman walk up to me that I've <laughs> never met before uh, that was walking a player around uh, for his media thing and says, hey, are you Isaac? I listen to Lockdown Mavs, listen to you, Nick, every single morning. And it was the coolest thing. And I'm like, hey, man. And I like, he's not the only one that I know in the organization that listens to the pod every day. So Shout out to loyal listener and Raccoon Squad member Mark Cuban. <laughs> We don't know that, but we like to think that that's what it is. Also, shout out shout to Doris out Burke, who's probably still listening to every podcast loyally. Doris Burke, who follows the Locked On Mavericks Twitter account, who could be, <laughs> who has mentioned before that she listens to Locked On local teams before she calls games, and she calls the Mavericks versus Hawks on Wednesday night. Oh, so okay. So, so our, Doris. So our Wednesday pod has to be really good. <laughs> it's it's going to be our game pod. <laughs> no. Gets to listen to the live stream. Uh, oh, yeah. But anyway, guys, seriously, thank you. It's we should awesome. put out a special one that's like, hey, Doris, listen to this one. Doris, this is for you. 
have some crazy breakdown of Victorian Prince. Yeah, we should actually do that though. John Collins, like a like medical a short, report. Like, 15 minute one where we're like, hey, Doris, listen. It's literally called, hey, Doris, listen to this one. <laughs> this is for you, Doris. That'd be hilarious. I kind of want to do that. Oh, no. We'll talk about it. All right, guys. We've rambled enough. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Raccoon Squad, two and one.